Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. How many of you are thankful for Jesus? Come on, let's say hallelujah. The spirit of worship is rising in the house, amen? I can so hear the heart of the Father saying, come up higher and go in deeper. But man, that doesn't come without a cost, and we're going to hear about that this morning. How many of you were here last week for the message on filters? It was good, hey? If you haven't heard it, I would encourage you, go online, watch it on our YouTube. You can listen to it on, you know, podcast. It was really good. I'm really thankful because that message saved my life, literally, because we got a new filter in our house. Did you see that filter? And you know what was crazy is I had a lot of texts and pictures from other people who had changed filters in their house. And even one guy, Reese, was leading worship this morning with Sydney. And how great was worship today? So awesome. So thankful for an anointed worship team that ushers in the presence of the Lord. But it uh, saved Reese's life in the workplace, you know, saving all kind of lives through the, through the words of the Lord that are going on. But um, so you saw that filter, right, last week. So did you see the screw? Remember what Jake was talking about, the screw in the side? Do you know what the screw meant? You know, he's like, I don't know why this screw is in there. Well, someone actually came up to him after the service and said, I want to tell you why the screw is in there. He said the construction's work, construction workers do that to remind them to change the filter before the, the new people move in the house. Well, we've had that filter in our house for six months. So I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for the word of God that saved my life. It's quiet in the house. It's warm in the house again. I'm not wearing my puffer jacket anymore in my office. It's just like miracles have just happened through that one filter getting changed. So hallelujah for changing our filters. Amen. 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 If you have a Bible, open it up this morning to Matthew 6. Um, I might preach half of my message. I don't know. We might have a time of worship to close off. I'm not really sure how this is going to go, but we're going to follow Jesus. Amen. Um, Last night, you know, I was just, I was just writing some last minute notes and, you know, I was just so mindful that there's this that we need to live with this urgency inside of our hearts, church, that Jesus is coming back. I want to say it again. We need to live with this kingdom urgency inside of our heart that Jesus is coming back. We've got to be living with such an urgency to walk closely with Jesus. Because when we walk closely with Jesus, it's not just good for us, but it's good for the people around us. Because if we're walking really close to Jesus, if you just squeeze us just a little bit, what's going to come out? (laughs) You're like, is that a trick question? I can already hear my nephew in the back saying, there she goes, saying weird things. And... (laughs) But when we're walking close with Jesus, guess what comes out of us is Jesus. We need Jesus, 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 and some more Jesus. Amen? Our cities need Jesus, 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 and some more Jesus. Our families need Jesus, 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 and they need some more Jesus. Can I get an amen? And I want to encourage all of you who've been praying for your families, don't grow weary in well-doing. Say it again. That's a word for some of you this morning. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, say due season, you will reap if you do not quit. Your family is counting on you to pray for them. It's already going downhill. Your family is counting on them to pray for them. If you ever feel a prompting in your spirit to do anything, it's because God wants you to do that. 
If you're ever feeling a prompting to pray for your family, pray for them like your life depends on it because it does. Our families need Jesus. I believe that there's a revival of families happening in the kingdom. We're already seeing it in this house. Let's say thank you, Jesus, for a revival within families. Come on, let's say hallelujah for that. Revival in our marriage, revival in our kids' life, revival. I'm already declaring revival in my grandkids' life. They're not even here yet, and I am not ready to be called grandma. I am not ready. I am not ready. People are always like, it's coming, it's coming. I'm like, but not yet. But not yet. But not yet. And I'm looking forward to it on that day, just not yet. Amen? We need to live with this urgency that Jesus is coming back. Romans 8, 19 says, all of creation eagerly waits for a revealing of the sons of God. And you can sense that, can't you? It's just like in the atmosphere. We used to sing this song called Revival's in the Air. Catch it if you can. And people are like, catch it if you can? What does that mean? It's like the book of Revelation. Hear the wind blowing through the spirit. Through the churches, not through the spirit. That's a spring forward happening this morning. Anything could come out of my mouth. I already fell off the stage this morning, so anything can happen. That was before church, by the way. I changed my shoes. The Lord helped me. He told me to pack two pairs of shoes today, and I'm really glad that I listened. Don't wear heels on spring forward ever, ever. You will fall down. No. <laughs> but we can all sense that the spirit of God is moving, and the spirit of God is hovering. Amen? Can you sense it? Can you feel it? And I don't, I don't just mean like, can you feel it? I can feel it. I can feel the spirit moving. Can you feel it? We must be leaning in closer and closer and closer to the spirit of God. We must be spending more time in this. The Bible says man cannot live. When I say man, women, I mean women too, okay? The Bible refers to things a lot as man. We're not going to get into that. That includes you, okay? So don't, we're not going to be offended. We choose. Offense is a choice, amen? I choose not to be offended. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to be leaning in. We need to be leaning into the gathering this season. Come to church. Say it again. Come to church. Look at the person next to you. Say, come to church. Come to church. Come to church and you won't just be alive. You'll thrive. I'm so thankful for a mom and dad who took me to church every single Sunday. That's just what we did. And I was young. Why do you go to church? I don't know. We just go to church. And you know what? I don't just have to go to church now. I love to go to church. I love to go to church. Hebrews 10.25 says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, but come together even more as the day approaches. We've just had a lot of worship in this house through the last couple months. Worship Wednesdays. How awesome has that been? Awesome? So awesome. I'm like, when are we having the next one? I'm ready. I'm ready. Because as the day draws near closer to Christ and, you know, people could say, well, the world's getting darker. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. The Bible says that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn and it shines. Come on, we're testing your Bible knowledge. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn and it shines. It shines. It shines. So you don't have to be afraid of the dark, okay? Because as the world grows darker, the kingdom of God is expanding and it's getting brighter. Amen? Amen. That's why we got to come together even more as the day approaches because you need some encouragement. Women, we, woman, woman, there we go. That's another spring forward blip. Women, we need encouragement. Amen? We had some of that on Friday night. How awesome was Friday night? Come on. 
How awesome. And for those of you women who weren't able to make it, you know, we love you. There's going to be more. It's okay. But how much do we need that encouragement? Did you need that? I needed that in my life. We need to come together and encourage one another even more as the day approaches. We pray this prayer a lot in this house, and I'm sure you pray it a lot in your house, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. If it's on, We can read it together. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Forever and ever we shout, amen. But it starts saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't be surprised that you feel heaven closer when you're praying prayers like this. Because God answers our prayers. Amen? Say, God is in the business of answering my prayers. Look at the person next to you. He say, he's going to answer your prayer. Well, the prayers that line up with his will. Amen? Don't be surprised in this house that we haven't seen anything yet with the presence and the glory of God. Pastor Adrian prophesied in the first service. If we can get a copy of that, we will get a copy you know, somewhere on social media so that you can all hear it. Don't be surprised if we're going to linger, linger a little bit longer in the presence of the Lord if we must, because we must obey the Spirit of God in this house. Amen? That the Lord isn't just calling a church that worships. The Lord is calling a church that's worshipers. Amen? We're going to talk about that for a little bit this morning. So let's turn to John 4. And I've already been talking for a little bit, which is great, because I'm probably only going to preach half my message. A couple of weeks ago, we had some awesome guest speakers, our friends from Denver, Colorado, Pastors Doug and Donna Lassett. Were you here for that? It was awesome. And Pastor Doug, this this wasn't the the point of his message, but he was just sharing some prophetic, you know, thoughts that he had for our church and insight. And he said this about our house, Hope City, okay? Because today's message is called a house of worship. I'm speaking on one of the five hallmarks of our house, okay? We're a house of worship. He said this. He said, every church worships, but not every church has a mantle of worship. I'm going to say that again. Okay, now this doesn't make us better. Don't hear me saying that. This just makes us who God's called us to be, okay? Amen? Every church worships, but not every church has a mantle of worship. There's not just a mantle to worship in this house, but there's a mantle to usher in the presence of the Lord. Amen? I want to say this too. Worshipers, what do worshipers do? They, what do worshipers do? Let me say it one more time. What do worshipers do? But I want to say this, but not all who worship are worshipers. Worshipers worship, right? Because that's what they're created to do. But not all who worship are worshipers. That's something that the Lord spoke to me this week as I was praying into this message. And I pray in Jesus' name that you can hear it because it's not always an easy thing to hear because what you might be hearing is I'm not good enough. God's not saying we're not good enough. He's just calling us higher, amen? Do you want to grow? Do you want to become more like Jesus? Then sometimes we got to hear the stuff that we don't always want to hear. But worshipers worship, praise Jesus, but not all who worship 
our worshipers, and I want to talk for a moment about this story, this amazing story about the woman at the well, okay? And we're going to get in a little bit of Romans. We're going to have a time of worship at the end and maybe give you an opportunity to respond. But I'm not going to read the whole story here, but I want to show you some things that were remarkable and then highlight a few verses. I want to say it's no coincidence that Jesus and the woman at the well met. Would you agree? That story was not a coincidence, and it's quite a remarkable story. If you guys are in connect groups, you're watching The Chosen Three. Chosen Two, the, f- the final um, episode was epic. I don't usually use that word epic, but it was epic, and it was this encounter that Jesus had with the woman at the well. It was beautiful. I was crying. You might have been crying, but it was just so beautiful. But it was remarkable that the Samaritan woman would even walk to a well that was a half a mile from her house, okay? So if you've watched this on The Chosen, you'd see she had that long thing. She's got big water pots on each side of it. That's like a half a mile. Most of us couldn't even walk, you know, 200 feet with that. That was remarkable. And there's a number of reasons for that, which I won't get into. But it's remarkable because a rabbi, in this case Jesus, was not even supposed to talk to a woman in public, let alone have an entire dialogue with a woman. And it seemed like a pretty comfortable conversation, and he was pretty at ease, okay, if you go read this story. It was remarkable because Jews and Samaritans weren't even supposed to have any dealings with one another. It's also remarkable, and I love this part, because it was the first time that Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah. To a Samaritan and to a woman. Come on, girls. Let's shout for that. Men and women, I'm going to say to both, you can be anything that God's called you to be. And you can do anything that God's called you to do. I'm going to say it again. Men and women, you can be anything that God has called you to be. And you can do anything that he's called you to do. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And I can see in that story that the Lord was honoring women. So don't even go there with me because Jesus has called all of us to use uh, his greater grace for his glory. Amen. But I want to focus on the latter half of of starting at verse 21. Jaden, I think you have the scripture. But Jesus said this. He said, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23 says, yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers, say true worshipers, say true worshipers, will worship the Father, say worship the Father, say it louder with a little more enthusiasm, say worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship, say must worship in spirit and in truth. And this is what the woman said. I know the Messiah called Christ. He's coming, right? When he comes, he will explain everything to us. I laugh at this, right? Because she had no idea. Then Jesus said this beautiful thing. He said, I the one speaking to you. I'm he. I'm the one. And I don't, I can't imagine how long it maybe took for maybe the dots to connect or to sink in. You know, we don't, we don't fully know that. But I want to focus on verse 23, if we can highlight there, Jaden. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. I'm going to say it again. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. So let me ask you the question and leave verse 23 up. We're going to go to school for a few minutes, okay? 
What is the father seeking? You're like, I don't want to say it out loud. I don't want to get it wrong. Give Ruth a prize, everybody. If I had something to you, I'd give it to you right now. What is the father seeking? The true worshipers. See, a lot of people would say he's seeking worship, but that's not what it says. It says that the father is seeking the true worshipers. The father, God is his name, is not looking to get something from you. He wasn't looking to get something from this woman at the well. He is just looking for you. He is just concerned, Dave, about you. He just loves you, and he just loves your family, and he's not, he's not worried about what you give him or what you don't give him because he just loves you. Because God knows that worship's good for you. Of course he knows that. He, he knows that worship is good for you, but he knows and he's committed to just loving you for you. Because God isn't just looking for us to worship. He's looking for true worship. He's looking for true worship. Amen? He's seeking you. He's not trying to get anything from you. That God is always going to be focused on the individual, and God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling this season, but God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling with alcohol, but God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling with addiction, but God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling with pornography, but God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling in your marriage, but God is not going to give up on you. You might be struggling with any with all sorts of things in your life that you're afraid to talk about, but God is not going to give up on you, and that God is just looking at you today. He's just looking at you because he loves you, and he's so committed to loving you. I don't even think he's worried about ever if you would ever worship him in your entire life because he knows that if you love him, that you will have to at some point in your life, you'll surrender and just say, I got to worship this God that didn't give up on me. I got to worship this God that didn't, um, that didn't make me feel like I was the lowest of the low. He was with the Samaritan. She was the lowest of the lowest of the low. He made her feel wonderful. God is looking at you today. Just close your eyes for a moment. And we did this with the women on Friday night. If you close your eyes for a moment, what does... How do you think Jesus sees you? And maybe you should just write it down this morning. What does Jesus see when he looks at you? I think that when he looked at the Samaritan woman, he saw a woman that was loved. I think he saw a woman that was anointed. I think he saw a woman that was called into the kingdom for such a time as this. I think he saw a woman that was equal. I, didn't, I don't think that he saw a woman that was lower. I think he, he saw a woman. And he called her closer to himself, not pushing him her farther away. God is looking at you this season in your struggle. He's looking at you in your trial. He's looking at you in your situation and your circumstance. And he's saying, I love you. But there's a call. There's a call this season in the body of Christ, not just for worship to arise, 
but for the true worshipers to arise. It's different because not all who worship are worshipers. But <laughs> did I say that right? Not all who worship are worshipers, but worshipers worship. The Father is seeking you today. He's seeking worshipers. He's not trying to get something from you. And I want, if you're taking notes today, write this down. For worship to be true worship, it cannot be forced or contrived. Say that again. For worship to be true worship, it cannot be forced or contrived. This is a house of worship. We will not have forcing or contriving in this house. Amen? This is a house that will love you unconditionally. This is a house that's committed to being your family. This is a house that's committed to walking with you season after season, not forcing you to be anything except for who Jesus has called you to be. This is a house of pure, true, undefiled worship. Can I get an amen? And out of that pure, true, undefiled worship will come joy and will come life, and will come healing, and will come freedom. Because another hallmark of this house is that this is a house of freedom. See, worship and freedom are like best friends. They go together. But God is not just calling us to worship today. He's saying, will you be a worshiper of me? Will you surrender to me? Will you give all to me? Our worship to God is born out of a relationship with God. If you believe that, say amen. Our worship to God is born out of a revelation of who God is to us. Can I get an amen? Could you imagine when the lights came on for that Samaritan woman, how she worshiped God? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I think of seasons that the Lord has brought me through and carried me through in my life. It's one of the reasons why I just, I have to worship him. I have to. I want to. I want to. Don't get me wrong. But I have to. Because this Jesus didn't give up on me. This Jesus saw me when I didn't feel like anybody else saw me. This season, this, this God was there in every moment of my pain. And with relentless love, he pursued me. He didn't make me feel like a piece of garbage. Like other people could have made me feel. He said, Jenny, I love you. I want to worship God like I want to worship a God like that. Amen. Don't you? True worship, we have a slide for this. True worship says, all I am and all I have is yours, no matter the cost. It's a surrendered worship that's known and knows the love of the Father. It's a sacrificial love responding to sacrificial love kind of sounds like the woman with the alabaster jar, amen? That's all mentioned through the Gospels, namely in Matthew 26, 7, if you ever want to look it up. She just poured it all out on the, on the head of Jesus before his, before his burial. True worshipers want all of Jesus. There's such a hunger just to be with him. But I will say this, so if, if there's true worship, if that's true, then the opposite has to be true. There's false worship, Right? So we always want to focus on, well, just tell me the true stuff. Just tell me the good stuff. I don't want to talk about the other stuff. But we have to be aware of the other stuff. Say, I got to be aware. There's another side. <laughs> uh, Jake and I like to read Barclay's commentary. If you ever want to read those, you can just type in Barclay 
commentary and look up a scripture. And uh, it's not like Jake and I are part of this secret society that only have access to it. We have all the books at home, but you can go online and, and read this stuff too. But Barclay said this about false worship. And, the, and, he, and, he, and he wrote this out of John 4, okay? So this was part of his commentary with John 4. He said, false worship is a selective worship. It chooses what it wishes to know about God and omits the rest. I like that scripture, but Jesus, I don't want to listen to the, this scripture. I'll lay that addiction down, but I'm going to keep this one because I just need something just to, just to keep me going. If, I forgot I asked the worship team to come up, but if you're wondering what they're doing, they're just like doing what I asked them to do. And um, I think we're going to Jesus, we love you. Is that okay? Yeah. It chooses what it wishes to know about God and omits the rest. But I also want to say this, that that's a one-sided religion. Say one-sided religion. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. As true worshipers, we want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen? Say, I want the whole truth. I'm going to believe the whole truth. I'm going to stand upon the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And who is the truth? Who is the way? Who is the life? So if you're embracing the whole truth, are you going to have life? If you're embracing the whole truth, are you going to have life? A false worship will say, I'm okay with serving you with this part of my life, but not that part. A false worship could say, I'll lift up my hands on Sunday because I want people to think this, you know, or you might be feeling it in the moment, but as soon as you walk out the door, you're challenged with an argument that you just had with your husband, and you're just like, I don't even care. I'll just lift my hands on Sunday, but I'm going to do whatever I want for the rest of the week. That's a false worship. We cannot afford to live that way. I'm going to say this to you today. This is for somebody here. You cannot afford to live that way any longer. There's an old song and it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I know in my life, I can't do this half in, half out, Jesus. It doesn't work. And it really doesn't work anymore. And God is calling his church. He's calling his kingdom to arise and not just be a kingdom that worships, but to be a kingdom of true worshipers. A true worshiper says, Jesus, I will give you all of me. A true worshiper says, Jesus, would you try me? Would you correct me? Like King David said in Psalm 139. That's scary. We, we like to read these scriptures. Oh, try me, Jesus. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But to live that, it's all fun and games until he corrects us. It's all fun and games until, until we don't want to do something that he tells us to do. I want to tell you this. Whatever God tells you to do will be good for you. I want to say that again, young person. Whatever God tells you to do will always be for your betterment. It will always be so that you can live the highest and best life that he has uh, for his glory in you and through you. Yeah, come on, Cam. Say hallelujah. I think that was Cam. We've got another cam in the house. Romans 12, and you guys can start playing, and we're going to start singing in a minute. 
These are the words of the Apostle Paul. And, and I love Paul. He doesn't mess around. I like hanging around people. I don't want to mess around. I don't want to talk about fluffy stuff. You want to go like catch butterflies, you go for it. But I'm in this kingdom stuff to give all for Jesus. Well, butterflies are nice, okay? I'm not a jerk. But if you ever read the, the words of the Apostle Paul, you would know he's not messing. He's not playing. He's not joking around. He's probably not going to be leading a comedy night like Nate Bargatze. Okay? That's not the Apostle Paul. He's kind of like a Joyce Meyer in the body of Christ. They're just going to like, bling, just like hit you straight between the head. But we need that. Say, I need that. Say, I need to be told things I don't want to be told sometimes. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, I beseech you. This is the Apostle Paul saying, speaking. Brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body, say your body. Say your body, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you might be asking yourself the question, or maybe not, why was Paul focusing on bodies? You should ask yourself these questions when you're reading the Bible. Start asking yourself like who, what, why, when, and where. Okay, when you're reading the Bible to get some context. Well, I really honed in on the body aspect. Can we put it up there, Jaden, verse uh, one there? So we have to know that the Paul, that Paul, not the Paul, but Paul, was addressing the Christian church in Rome, okay? So Paul was mentioning bodies because the Greeks always focus on the spirit, okay? They didn't focus on the body. They despised the body. They always focus on the spirit. But what Paul was trying to teach the Christian church was that their entire being was to belong to Jesus. And what God is telling us at Hope City Church as a house that worships, he's saying, you're not just a house that worships, but I'm calling you to be a house that worships, that surrenders their entire being to me. I'd clap for that. That's God speaking to us. This is no joke. Your life here on earth is no joke. I had a sweet woman, I don't think she's here today, but she walked up to me last week and she gave me the biggest hug and I had shared something, uh, Pastor Jake, just to like finish his message. I felt like the Lord had me share a bit of my testimony about how forgiveness was a choice. And she came up to me and she said, I'm 70 years old and I just forgave this person for the first time in my life. And she looked at me, she, she said, Jenny, why did I wait for 70 years to forgive this person? I said, I don't know, but today is a great day to forgive somebody. getting hotter in the kingdom of God, but it's getting hot in here. All the young people stop. I know what you're thinking. It's getting hot in the kingdom of God. And if you haven't noticed, you're going to notice in a few minutes because the spirit of God is going to start convicting you about surrendering your life to Jesus. And I hope some of you are feeling a little poked and prodded this morning of maybe asking yourself questions like, Lord, have I, is there areas in my life that I have not surrendered to you? 
Are there things in my life that you want to go? Are there relationships in my life that I need to cut off? Are there addictions, hidden things in my life, hidden sins that need to go? Today is a good day to let it go in the name of Jesus. Why today? I don't know, but today seems like a great day to walk in freedom. why did Jesus only have three years of ministry I don't know but he made those three days or three years really great we have an opportunity today to make it really great and surrender all to Jesus today for some of you could be the first day of the rest of your life and saying I don't want that sin anymore I don't want that relationship anymore I don't want to sleep with my girlfriend anymore I don't want to sleep with my boyfriend anymore I'm tired of the pornography having a control of my life because I've been called to walk with intimacy with Jesus and that's what I really need is Jesus Today seems like a great day to choose not just to worship, but stand up and say, I will be a worshiper. Who's going to be a worshiper for Jesus? You don't have to, because worship is not contrived or forced. But if you, if you sense the Spirit of God telling you to lift your hands to Him this morning and say, I will be a worshiper of Jesus. I will surrender all to Jesus. I will spend my life giving myself to Jesus. God, I pray over hearts and lives in this place, Lord, where there might be addiction and sin and hurt and pain. And I say in the, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, we break it off today in Jesus' name. And we say, no more. I say that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty in your life and there is freedom. And those things will not come crawling and creeping back into your life in Jesus' name. I want to remind you this morning that there is no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But it was Jesus Christ like, who met the woman at the well that came to give you life and life more abundantly. Come on, give thanks to Jesus this morning. Worship is sonship. He's just looking at you. Michaela, he's just looking at you. He's saying, I love you, and I'm here, and I'm for real, and I'm not going anywhere. He's just looking at you. He's not worried about whether you're going to surrender all to him or not. He just loves you because he loves you. Just lift your hands to Jesus this morning. I was struck this morning twice when we sang this song, Jesus, we love you, because it has such the markers of sonship all over it. When God is calling us as a church not just to worship, but to be true worshipers, what he's calling us into is his heart. He's calling us into a place of identity so that our church can walk out the destiny that it has for them. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. 
And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.